You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Thank you for listening in to episode 53 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast with me, Charlotte Greenway. It's Friday the 23rd of September. In this episode, we'll shortly hear from various connections with runners this weekend in the UK, Ireland and the US. But first, a recap on the news from this week in which we learnt that the trainer who had been responsible for the likes of multiple Group 1 winning mares Goldacova and Moonlight Cloud Freddie Head will be retiring from the training ranks at the end of the season and he spoke to Nick on Tuesday about this decision and it's well worth going back to listen to if you missed it. Then sticking with the French theme, we had a couple more confirmations this week for the ARC in the shape of star Australian mare Very Elegant and Eclipse winner Vidani. Back to the UK, following on from Nick's conversation with Charlie Parker on last week's podcast, the conversation around the industry strategy meeting continued and following the two-day meeting, which took place on Tuesday and Wednesday between 18 racing leaders, a statement was released and here's what Cornelius Lyser made of said statement. If you wade through it, there, there are a few interesting things and they, they start with their overall statements. There was a shared acceptance of the challenges. Okay, uh, I think we all know that. The need to work together. Well, that's been said before. Not everyone has uh, who's signed up to um, needing to work together always has done, but that's in this statement as well. Uh, they were unanimous on the need for serious and radical changes. Quite like the sound of that to make long-term improvements uh, to the industry. Uh, there was also an agreement that action is required to begin to address competitiveness in the short term and a package of measures will be developed with this objective. So I think probably uh, so far so good. Uh, but um, we get on then to areas of focus will include but not be limited to and there are a whole lot of, uh, of bullet points here. Uh, quite a lot, which are things like presentation and promotion of the sport's most high-profile events. And I think we all know that kind of thing. But uh, they uh, have pledged to look at the organisation of the racing product, including the fixture list and race programme. Uh, well, that, that's good. Uh, to um, encourage greater investment in ownership, in particular through affordable investment. And I think possibly the most significant line in the whole thing, to my mind, came at the second last paragraph of the whole thing before we got on to the 18 attendees. Uh, what did you make of this? The development and delivery of this strategy will be led by the British Horse Racing Authority, BHA. It'll be underpinned by a new industry governance structure which allows for greater progress by providing appropriate decision-making structures for commercial decisions. Well, I don't understand what some of that means, but that top line, the development and delivery of this strategy will be led by the British Horse Racing Authority. And this sounds as though the authority is going to be allowed, and I think that's the appropriate verb, allowed yeah. to demonstrate its authority. 
Sean Levy was back in the saddle this afternoon at Haydock after eight days on the sidelines following a positive saliva test, which was subsequently found to be inaccurate, and his team released the following statement once he had been cleared to resume riding. On Wednesday, September 14th at Sandown Park, Sean Levy gave a random saliva sample. Sean was immediately informed that the saliva sample had tested positive for amphetamine. Sean was confident he hadn't consumed anything that could have led to that result and immediately requested a urine sample, which was taken within 24 hours. Today, six days later, the urine sample has come back negative. As a result of the positive saliva test, Sean has lost out on the Racing League final and a number of other rides for something that could have been resolved a lot sooner. Sean will be looking for a full investigation as to why this happened and more importantly that it should never happen again. Sean Levy said, Although I am happy to be back riding later this week, it's hard not to feel aggrieved at what has happened to me the last few days. Some might say I've been unlucky with the false positive happening just before the Racing League final, but I sincerely hope that there are lessons to be learned from this and that similar things don't happen to jockeys in the future. Now on to this weekend's racing where Newmarket hosts the final day of the Cambridgeshire meeting tomorrow and a trainer who has a fancied runner in both the two-year-old group ones is Carl Burke, whose Holloway boy wasn't beaten far by Nostrum on Thursday in the two-year-old group three tassels stakes. And when Nick spoke to Carl earlier in the week, he started by asking him about Middle Park fancy Marshman, who finished second in the Gymcrat last time behind the highly touted Noble Style. We're delighted with him. Um, have had a few sort of uh, niggly little dirty scopes and a few dirty noses and a bit of coughing go through the yard over the last sort of month or so, but um, but very happy with him and he's, you know, scoped very clean and he's working really well. So go there with a great chance, I think. What was your read of the gym crack? Do you feel that you were just beaten by a better horse or were you undone by your inexperience or or neither? Um, a little bit of uh, a beaten by a better horse and undone by experience. We definitely, he'd only ran as well, he'd only ran eight days before. Um, you know, but, you know, his first run when he, and although he won by eight, nine lengths, Cliff, did grab hold of him and, and tried to teach him something which we wanted to do um, so it wasn't as if he had an easy easy race at first but he, he won very easily and he showed that little bit of greenness when it, and probably hit the front plenty soon enough at, uh, in the gym crack but that said you know obviously Charlie's horse is, is very very useful and uh, take nothing away from it but we put up a very good performance I think Swing along runs in the in the Chibley Park. She was your second string when she when she won the the Lowther at York. But I'm sensing it wasn't that much of a surprise to you. No, again, she's a high class filly and she's a she's a big strapping filly. She's all all she's done is improve all all season, all year. Um, she's just got stronger and stronger, and she was always going to do that. She always had the frame to to do that. So um, no, I, we were a little bit disappointed with the run of the favourite dramatised, but um, as you say, take nothing away from our filly. She did it the hard way. She made most of the running, and um, you know she goes there again with a great chance. Albeit it looks a very competitive um, achievement part this year. Yeah, it does. You got meditate in there, coming back off that excellent run. Trillium, the uh, Flying Childers winner, Lazoo. It's it's got some depth. I think Trillium's. Uh, Trillium could be an exceptional filly, you know, to I think, um, 
which Faiz Philly is very, very quick. And for her to to cut that down, and, and she's already proved she stays at six. Uh, beating, we were swing along was fourth tour in the Newbury uh, maiden. I think that day I gave the wrong instructions to Will Buick um, to, to hold on to her a little bit. And I think if we'd have let her run, we wouldn't have beat Trillium, but we'd have probably finished second to her. The feature handicap at Newmarket is, of course, the Cambridgeshire, in which champion trainer title chaser William Haggis looks to have a very strong hand with the first two in the market, one of which is protagonist, who's owned by Michael Buckley, whose colours we maybe associate more with National Hunt Racing and the likes of Constitution Hill, before him Finian's Rainbow. And so Nick put a call in to Michael and asked whether he got the same buzz from his flat runners as he does from his jumpers. I love them because I like the weather. I mean, I'm, I'm, as you've seen me sort of huddled up in the cold sometimes, I'm not really a great cold weather guy. And um, I think um, they're wonderful. I just think good horses are thrilling. And um, if you're lucky enough to have a good one, or I guess in the case of Constitution Hill, perhaps uh, something better than just good, then um, I find them equally thrilling, to be honest. I love it. And protagonist has, has really found found a, a good stride lately. Are you getting plenty of encouragement from from William Haggis that the Cambridgeshire is the sort of test that this horse could could excel at? Well, it's been strange because he he was in Ireland before, and um, I thought that the ground this summer might be a bit quick for him because he seemed to always you know need maybe softer ground. I, I've known from some jump horses as, as they mature, they get used to better ground than where they seemed like they were soft ground horses. Um, and his first run for William, he ran at Sand and he was a fourth. Um, and I think Tom Marquand quite liked the horse. And then the next time he uh, had a silly race over a mile and a quarter and it turned into a three furlong sprint, which I think he won by about two cigarette papers with. I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous race and they they went no gallop at all. And then the last time he ran at Sandown uh, and he was drawn right on the outside and Kieran Fallon rode him. And I said, this horse always breaks well, so you may be able to tack over to the right anyway. But within the first furlong, he was he, he got to the front and was against the rail. And um, he won nicely there. So that was nice. And then I got a phone call from William about five days later. He said, I've been thinking about your horse. And um, although he's been winning over a mile and a quarter, they always go faster than the Cambridgeshire. So I think he might have um, a chance in that. Well, actually, when I say this, sorry, that was before his last run when he said he needs to go up in the weights a bit. So I'm going to enter him at York or Sandown on the last Saturday of York and he ended up running at Sandown and I hobbled down there just for the race on my crutch having duffed up my hip and um but it was it was worthwhile needless to say I went out to the front and he got back to the winner's enclosure a lot quicker than me. Now moving across the Irish Sea, where Goss have reintroduced the Goss Million sales race at the Curra for graduates of the Albee sale. And so Ed Bethel is sending over Oviedo and Nick spoke to Ed this morning to ask whether he thought if he replicated his third in the Acom Stakes at York's Ebor meeting last time, that would be good enough to win tomorrow. I think so. Um, look, he's he, he's trained really well since the Acom. He was a bit unlucky uh, 
in that race as well. He he dropped. He, he was a bit too far back and then got a trouble in running and then he sort of finished like a train and had to start a bit close to, to the speed. Um, you know, things might have been different. I'm not saying we would have beaten Chelsea, but I think we would have been an awful lot closer, uh, um, which would make his handicap mark probably a little bit uh, higher, which would put him on a par with Helsing. Um, he's... Yeah, I, I think he's got a very good chance. He's got as good a chance as any. Um, but as we all know, it's a 20-runner race with um, everyone with chances and all pitching in to try and win half a million, which is fantastic. And of course, the race couldn't have worked out any better at York with the first and second going on to fill the same two spots in the in the champagne stakes and horses in behind coming out and, and running well. I remember the morning of the race at York. There was there was quite a, a word for your horse, uh, having been a huge price in the morning. Uh, is, he, is he a horse that's always shown you an enormous amount of talent? I think he is a very nice horse, yes. Um, he he worked in the hooks off, um, but, uh, and then I, 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 he just grew on me just as I was about to start, uh, about to run him, uh, which meant it ruled him out of Asker. Um, and so we, we took our time with him and we went to Doncaster and he, he duly obliged there and then we went to the Acom and then this has sort of always been the plan ever since. Um, you know, it's given him plenty of time between races. Um, he's over there now and he's as fresh as paint um, this morning. Um, and I'm, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do hold the horse in, uh, in high regard and I hope he can fulfil what we, we possibly might think he is. And if all goes well and you get the big the big prize uh, tomorrow, do you then try and look to to get him back into into a Group One? Are you, are you eyeing up maybe something like the Verton Futurity if all goes well? Yeah, so he's still in the Dewhurst uh, and he's and he's in the Verton Futurity. Um, they're definitely two races that I would look at, probably angling more towards the Verton Futurity. Um, he's also probably going to get an entry in the Grand Criterium at Songkru, the Mile um, Group One, on the same weekend as the Futurity Stakes. Um, and I'd imagine he'll. But look, if he if he if he does win the big pot, then we will be looking at those sort of those races. If he does, and then we'll have to we'll have to take a rain check and um, see how he is. But I I'm I'm hopeful that he uh, he should run a big race if the draw doesn't beat him, uh, being in draw two. Then across the Atlantic Ocean, there's Grade One action in the U.S. from Parks in the form of the Cotillion Stakes, where Kentucky Oaks heroine Secret Oath looks to get back to winning ways. And trainer Wayne Lucas provided Nick with an update on his filly and first spoke about how she's come out of her last run at Saratoga just over a month ago. Very, very well. She didn't have the trip that made it successful, even though she was second. But the uh... I think that uh, the cotillion is going to fit her very well. You know, I think that she, that mile, a mile and sixteenth, is well, well within her wheelhouse, and it makes her, you know, very effective with, you know, with her devastating kick. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how she adapts. I was going to um, ask you a, qu- a question on that theme, really, because when we were together in, in, in Churchill Downs and I, I was standing right beside you watching the race, that's what she deployed so effectively on quite a, a moist surface at just a little bit further than that. Do you think subsequent to that, she's rather been outstayed, outground, if you like? 
No, I I don't think that she has to take her track with her. I think she'd run on almost any surface. Well, uh, she's uh, she's got such an efficiency of motion. She she glides, and uh, I've had some really nice fillings, but I don't know if I ever had one that moves as smooth and easy over the ground effortlessly like she does. So, how's she been training since her last run? Are you pleased with her with her work schedule? Yes, her energy level's back. You know, she's back up to, uh, you know, that level I thought that we had her in the spring. I like the way she's responding. Uh, she stayed up at Saratoga after the meet was over, and it was quiet and serene and grazed every morning a little bit. And so she's had the she's had the great life here for the last month. I look for a real strong effort. She's she's run she's run plenty. She's obviously quite tough. I I got a, a strong sense in in Kentucky this year of uh, of a filly that that meant a lot to you that had chiseled her way already quite quite firmly into your heart. Um, what what is it what is it that you admire so much about her, Wayne? I just uh, she come along at the right time. We uh, we uh, lost with our key clients. We had the passing away of Bob Lewis and Bill Young and Gene Klein, and they, they you know we lost those key people. And uh, here she comes along and gives us that super. After having all those fillies, Lady Secret, Serena Song, winning college, I have an open mind. Name a few. We had a gap there, and then here she comes, and uh, she she brought us back right to the center stage, and so she has captured uh, our heart. But she's got a strong uh, fan base too. It, we get letters from everybody, and she's very, very popular with the racing public. And I, I know, having having been to this this day at Parks, the 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 the, the, lo- the local crowd, the the people who are, are there more days than they're not, they absolutely love this one day of the year where they see some some absolutely superb horses. They've got some wonderful horses running in the in the Pennsylvania Derby as well, the the Tabers and the Zandons and the White Barriers. Yeah, and then they get the top riders. They'll all be there. Ortiz, Lewis, Saez, all of them. And Mario, they get it's it's a beautiful uh, timing that the uh, the timing the the position that these two races are on the schedule of trainers uh, is really good. They fall right in there, giving you a chance to get a really good race before the Breeders' Cup, and uh, it's very well placed. How do you, if everything goes well uh, this weekend, and it sounds like everything's set up for a good run? Um, how do you look at that whole division at the moment? How do you look at that distaff division, particularly with regard to to distance and track at Keeneland and opposition? Where, where, how do you see it all shaking down? It's going to be it's the, the distance and the track and everything is going to be about perfect. It's going to help all of us. The nest is definitely. Uh, a sensational and good filly, but she can't afford to lose to us again. Uh, I, you know, she's not in the cotillion uh, with the rest of them, and uh, so they'll they'll meet us in the Breeders' Cup, where it'll be, you know, a good good effort, good good surface, 
actually distance. It doesn't help either one of us. But she can't afford to lose another race to us and, and because it'll change things around. For, for, the, for the championship honors for the end of the year? Yes, yes. How, how sweet would that be if you could get another one over her? <laughs> I'm old, you know. I don't think there's that many more left, but uh, this, would, this would be fun. I, uh, I would uh, enjoy it, as you might guess. Taking on Secret Oath will be green up for Todd Pletcher and Erad Ortiz, who's going for the five-timer, and Barry Irwin of Team Valor seem fairly hopeful that she's up to this grade. Yeah, um, our filly has not been tested for class except for one race, her last start. And in that race, she won very, very easily, uh, running like the second fastest speed figure uh, in the United States for a three-year-old filly this year. Well, the third fastest other than Nest and Lucas's filly on the day of the Oaks. But I think our filly has a, a lot of potential. My only fear with her is she's coming back in a month off of a superior effort. I don't know how she's going to react to that. And I think Lucas has done a great job with his filly, but she may have had one dance too many herself. So plenty of top-class action to keep you busy on Saturday Nick will then be back with you on Monday morning, where he will, of course, begin the build-up to next Sunday's Pre-Deluxe de Triumph. Thank you again for listening. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.